Hi, listeners, friends of mine, friends of Dan, friends of Andy, Patreon patrons, and future owners of the Solving Everything Matchbooks that are en route to me as I'm saying this. In this episode, well, I should say in these episodes, because this is a multi-parter, we talk about abortion and the overturning of Roe v. Wade. You may notice that the news headlines have all pretty much moved past this story, but please don't make that mistake. Thank you for taking the time during or after your busy days to think deeply a little bit and stay with us. The headlines and retweeting have passed, but we need to keep this conversation going. If anything is going to come out of all the shock and outrage, if we're going to come to any understanding and growth, maybe you're tired of thinking about or arguing about or hearing about abortion, but this isn't going away. And we're all affected by how this unfolds. I would like to take this moment to remind everyone that we, Dan and Andy and I, know a little bit about things. We are just your average lower to middle class citizens trying to work this shit out. (laughs) We know a little bit about what happened in the overturning. We know a little about women's rights. We know a little about pro-life movement. We don't fact check and we don't have producers or editors. So if you can pardon us as we take up a lot of space, give us a little room to think this through. This, as Dan says, is the big one. What are women's rights and roles? What role do religious beliefs play in governmental choices? Equality, autonomy. We start this episode in a little bit of a kerfuffle of trying to sort out our thoughts as we're you know, attempting to navigate this, what feels like massive subject. Stick with us. And then send us your thoughts and input. Um, You can do that at our Patreon page at Solving Everything. Thanks for listening. The Podjectivity Network. Feels the best floating over a sea of vodka. Nice today is if we sang something. Fetus. (laughs) Fetus. Fetal position. Position fetal. (laughs) Zygote. (laughs) Zygotes. Boy. Fallopian. Fallopian. This is uh this is the big one. I should save that for the mics, but this is the fucking big one. We thought we've had some arguments before. Oh. Well, you're using the wrong pronouns. I don't think we're going to argue a lot. No, I mean, as a nation. Oh. I don't know about us. Mm. Just as a nate. I'll stop. No, don't stop. Are you recording? Yeah. I'm checking levels. Just as a nation. Uh, Any argument we've had in the last 20, 30 years pales in comparison it's they all just look like petty squabbles now for this one well what are the other issues if we can think of it when people talk about our country being so divided Mm. that maybe don't put it in as sharp a contrast as this issue guns some other ones that are not quite as relevant suddenly well just when when you say if you will (laughs) <laughs> yeah, guns, school shootings. That's a huge one. Yes. I guess so. Yeah. I'm just when you say this is the big one and yes. it's been in the, it is the big one though. That's been a talking point for how many how many d- decades now that oh the country's divided. It's more and more yeah. divided. Like um you know. Mm. Well, every day that's kind of what you're left with in the news bubble. Is we're just so divided, so divided, so divided. Polarized. So polarized, so polarizing. So no matter what's going on in the in a given day, and I just mentioned, you know, the like trans LGBTQ pronoun type stuff. That that's dominated a lot of news cycles. The canceling because of it. Why else do people get canceled? 
What, what well, hold on. It's mostly for the for the LGBTQ stuff. Me too right? was a lot of canceling. There's a lot of uh-huh. canceling with me too. Probably is the biggest contributor to that. But when people talk about how, oh, things are so polarized now, and and there used to be more moderates, and they used to be able to work across the aisle, and this sort of thing. Yeah, people were a lot more racist hmm. too in subtle ways. Different times. And, yeah. You know the fact that different times. Different, different times, as Marin would say. Call back. Um, but the fact that maybe the progressive front is pushing so hard and so far now makes being moderate kind of not an option. Mm. Almost, you know, you mm, say more. What do you mean? Progressive front is pushing so far. This reminds me a little bit of. What I was trying to get at, I don't know if I ever got there, with the trans rights thing. Well, a couple things. One thing that I thought of was American History Tellers is a podcast Hmm. that I've been checking out recently, and they did a three-part thing on the suffrage movement and how... 19th Amendment. How that was happening sort of simultaneously with... Wow, Dan. uh, It got tied up with the abolitionist movement. And so women's rights, you know, black, African-American rights, it was all sort of, they were trying to work together, but then it got, you know, there was a fracture. Now, that tracks, if I'm going to dig back in my history classes, because the abolitionist movement was heavily female, but was you're, it not? But you're saying, like, when you when you were saying that it's hard to catch up to, you know, this gender, quali- you know, all the... All the gender issues that are being sort trying to be sorted out right now, when just good old fashioned women's rights is still struggling. Well, still, yeah. yeah, it's not that. Ev- so everything matters. Equal rights across the board is the goal. Where do you put your energy first? Where do you direct hmm. your money? And your resources and your talent and your inspirational speakers and your where do you put and it? your legislative and, and I guess I was and your, your tweets and your tweets. like where do you because it's so broadly spread mm-hmm. I don't know that we're accomplishing as much as we c- we're like a liberal arts movement we need to like focus in on a major that's like highly productive and specialized well, like this I get that. Roe v. Wade being overturned. It's like, okay, we have a really specific focus now. All, but, yeah. all of the the little... Um, God, I'm having trouble with focus. It'll take me a while to... I just yeah. spent... Focus, eight, I think this is going to happen a lot. Heavy, just, heavy editing I, for, for you. This it's, the shockwave is still going out. It hasn't even reached all the way out yet. It's because The boulder I, in the lake... It's still just rippling out, and we've talked about this before about how my vagina takes all my brain cells too. It, it just does. sucks it like yeah. a black hole, and mm-hmm. then I just don't have enough brain who's cells to make been, words. Who's we? Or think rationally. Uh, we really haven't talked about that. Definitely haven't talked about that. Go out my mouth, because yeah. my boobs and my vagina. But no, yeah. I just came off an eight-hour. We get it. You're a woman. Road trip. <laughs> a birthing person. A road trip with my kids. Eight road hours trip. yesterday, and got home at eleven last night. So I'm like a little brain dead, but mm-hmm. I'll get have, a, I'll get on I'll get on track. I don't have that good of an excuse. This is just my brain, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this is just Friday. I'm, I'm sober. I uh, <laughs> no excuses. Relatively well rested. Well, uh, you said something there. So c- that I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I wrote mine down, so I can. All I've right. got this on an. Just ice. that the problem of focusing on, you know, where do we, where do we focus our energy, has been a problem since, you know, the 1800s. Uh-huh. In terms of black life, that was kind of the oh, original God. Black Lives Matter was voting rights for black people. Yeah, ladies. Okay, we hear you. We're glad for the support, but, you know, we're just coming out of enslavement. So I think we need to a little push a bit more than prioritizing. And now I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too much, but one of us around the table has identified himself as a more or less climate change denier. Okay. Yes. Uh, It's Chris. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is Chris. <laughs> Damn you, Adams. Uh, but my thoughts sometimes when a when a when we have an overturning or we have something that causes, you know, becomes this big point of focus. What are we going to do about this? In the background, there's still all sorts of competing mm-hmm. issues that may need our attention or maybe more urgent even. But how do you like the climate are, are any of these other issues going to matter? As always, it comes back to apocalypto because. Exactly. You, go, go. What? You what? can rearrange shit all you want in the micro universe, but yeah, if the planet fails and we can't breathe, none of it matters at all. And that big boat's coming. And if we don't take care of some shit, it's, it's not going to matter who has equal rights. We'll all be dead together, mm. equally, equally dead. <laughs> The conquistadors are coming. What are we going to do about that? <laughs> right. We'll all be aborted. My Ooh. favorite metaphor is... There's going to be some abortion jokes, folks. It's like Hold re- on tight. It's like... If we can't laugh a little bit... We'll... Rearranging furniture on the Titanic, which was my favorite metaphor when I was getting divorced. At mm. the point where they're like, you know what? You can stop trying. It's just rearranging <laughs> furniture on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, I'll... Okay, you got me. I am the climate denier. It's not Chris. Um <laughs> I'll, so, uh, but I, okay, I guess I got my answer before I asked. Like, does that feel as important now that this has happened? Now that this boulder got thrown in the I lake? I just didn't know that about you. I feel like this, we should talk about it. Uh, is it more important? Probably yes. Cause, and there's one of those things we could have listed a minute ago. Uh, the divisive, like, bef- man, before this, what were we so divided about before this one? So there's one. You had the gun thing, climate, people are pretty divided about that. Uh, I feel less This so. one's the big one. What do you, just one. out of curiosity, what are you in denial? Like, what do you. Name of the episode, the big one. Why are you. We'll, we'll work on that. What doesn't hold true for you? Well, I'm a. I summarize my feelings, might have even said this before on the pod. Uh, I take the prologue of Jurassic Park approach where Michael Crichton is quoting someone who says, humans destroy the planet. Oh, the splendid ego of you people. The planet's been around for four and a half billion years. It has seen many things come and go. It'll It'll watch you come and go. And something else will take your place. Bacteria? That's not climate denying. That's, oh, we're fucking things up, but the earth is stronger and smarter and we'll figure shit out. We're and just, whether we're, we're a just a phase. Yeah, that, we're just a phase. Yeah. Maybe that's my thing. But, but the question of, even though there have been ice ages and different catastrophes, like when the, I, I heard on a pod recently about when the asteroid hit the mm-hmm. earth and Tough wiped day. the dinosaurs out. <laughs> that was the big one. That was a rough day because it was the, I forget, the size of it was such that the impact was equivalent to like a billion nuclear bombs going off at once. And then all the vapor in the atmosphere turned into hot glass that rained down. It was a shower of shards of burning glass. Followed by more bad days. <laughs> Do you remember where it hit? Like, there's a spot under the ocean where they think I've heard this. I Everybody's say heard it was so much. Like but the Yucatan or somewhere around there. There's but. a crater under in the, in the sea of where this thing hit. Somebody speculated. I yeah. Amazing. Mother. Anyway, the Earth has been through some shit. Uh, if you look back through the record, are we accelerating? And and. The, one of the things that I, I guess that bothers me a little bit is, you know, are we accelerating a warming period right now? Uh, and is the evidence that we are in dispute? And if, and if you're taking a position, and I don't want to be argumentative about it, but that, um, you know, you don't trust or you don't believe the evidence that is overwhelming evidence that has been 
presented by the scientific community. Like, what type of arrogance? I, I hate to use that word, Dan. But, like, what type of arrogance does it imply that you can stand against all of these learned folks and their hard work and their research and say, meh, nah. A, a big part of it could be, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I fucking, I recycle. Uh, I annoy my garbage collecting place trying to find ways, trying to ask them questions about how things are handled. Is there a place, where can I take a large amount of plastic bags? Because it just grosses me out how much plastic is in a landfill. But then after several emails and calls and some searching, it's like, what is one guy Googling and calling about his water softener salt bags going to do? What, what can I do about it? I'm doing what I can. Okay. And if it's going to go that way, it's going to go that way. And every, nobody's changing behavior that much. Everybody's still driving. Everybody's flying. Everybody's using fossil fuels. And then the other angle of it for me is I think it's something used by the ties to impose taxes on us. And I just, I've said before, I think they're just everyone in Thailand, T I E land, is just positioning themselves in the right companies before they let the gates open and more renewable stuff comes online or is allowed to or however you want to look at it. It's just they have to be positioned better. They have yeah. to have their investments mm -hmm. in the right place so that they can benefit from it. Because nothing happens without them getting their snout in it. Another That's been said on this many times. I've heard people say... And I don't want to go too far down the climate hole because... We'll come back. The big one. I've heard some people talk about, um, yes, that it's foolery to think recycling toilet paper rolls will have any impact, really, on the dial and it's companies, large corporations that need regulation that need to follow some guidelines because they're fucking shit up. And they're, you're right. Individually, the only real thing, it's not about driving hybrid cars. It's about regulating corporations and what they're dumping in oceans. Mm. And I've heard that from people that I would consider to be more knowledgeable about these things than me. Mm. So I agree with That's that. That's where the battle is. But it, it's, it does have that question of like, well, what can I do mm -hmm. other than vote for people that might help regulate These things. are separate issues, though, if I may really quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The what can I do about it is a different issue than is it an issue? Is this a real crisis? Uh-huh. And is there an urgent need to do something about it? And for someone to do something about it. Not putting it on the everyman. Not making it all... Not making it something that we all have to carry individually on our shoulders. But mm -hmm. I mean, I do think there is a part of me that thinks that there's no hope of anything happening if if we're all sort of so overwhelmed by the just the despair of mm -hmm. there's nothing I can do about the this. size of the it's problem. inevitable the, the size of the problem that that we can't even collectively look at evidence or trust our scientific community and say okay we got a problem mm -hmm. and and if enough people you know can have it if we can develop a consensus of okay we've got a problem then the likelihood that maybe not us but some critical mass of people will mobilize and do something about it but that and figure out what to do about it might not be up to us might right. not be up to our generation but nothing will happen unless enough people you know recognize or uh, appreciate that uh, understand the magnitude of the problem and that it's a real problem and you know the conspiracy about the thailand uh wanting to get you know line everything up get things yes 
I there's there may be an element of that, but the it's not conspiratorial uh, at all to say like why did it why did it take so long for electric cars to and why is it taking so long for electric cars to replace gas powered cars because you know oil industry fossil fuels gas that's that's a very profitable business so there's a lot of short sighted profit seeking people who you know probably do know what recognize that you know we're staring down the barrel of something cataclysmic but yeah i'm not going to give up my my power and my wealth to to do something about it that's that's a bigger prop that's how do you how do you you know that's what makes the change difficult to steer away from the status quo course right how do you it's, fix greed <laughs> right right i yeah even if we all agreed even if i even if i right here on this pod right what if i got baptized and was like i am johnny climate now i am all about the planet mm-hmm. and then i converted everybody else and we rose as one then what what would happen we what? still don't represent the power a powerful interest that could really do something about it. I mean, make a kind of sacrifice to say, all right, this is going to cut into my shareholders' profits and whatever else. And But you know what? It's the right thing to do. So That's kind of, I mean, we could look at segueing because the question of how do powerless people make massive change? And what do they do? Yeah, if you can't appoint a Supreme Court judge for instance, and they're, they have a lifetime appointment. Think of the power of that. Yeah. And, and if you believe that the political system the, has been and just continues to sort of degrade and the vote represents less and less and less influence mm-hmm. because really what's steering our politicians' decision-making is who's paying for their campaign. Mm-hmm. Those sort of things. Like, where does that leave mm-hmm. you? Where does it leave you? Yeah. What are your alternatives in? I really don't know. I mean, protests even. like The thing that feels the most futile to me are all the angry social media posts that I'm seeing. Like, right. oh, you told them. <laughs> you know, I get it. You've got an outlet, but what the fuck is that going to do? Like, like. <laughs> angry face, angry face angry emoji. <laughs> what, it's the most impotent thing ever. We're going to collect all the angry face emojis mm-hmm. in an um, angry face emoji petition. At a s- okay. <laughs> Trying to formulate here. Oh, it's good to be sitting down again. I'm going to read my thing. Trying so to formulate. Get, get out what you're going to get out. Well. And I'm going to drop it on you. Boom. So, <laughs> like we were saying at the beginning. What, this is the big one. What, what else were we divided about before this boulder got thrown in the lake? And not to take this off in a whole other direction, but it's a common theme. Is we and we've even talked about it. Our, I, it's so tiring to talk about the quote-unquote media, but I mean it is. It, it's what we have: our news media. And climate might be a good entry point for me to make this point, which is, yeah may have some issues here. It may be a problem. Uh, immigration. Yeah, that's a, that's a big problem. Uh, the whole LGBTQ plus thing we just went through the last few years. Big problem. The gun thing. School shootings and stuff. Big problem. We've always had big problems. Before there was internet, before there was television, before there was radio, when all we had was the printed word, there we, we had big problems. And when one like this comes along, it makes me feel like, good job getting us all fucking fake upset 
every minute of every day for the last 30 years. Good job. That's media. Because now there's something real happening. And all the other shit you've been talking about. Yeah, we've always had big problems. Wolf, but wolf, stop painting wolf, 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 wolf. Crying wolf every single day for the past 30 years. Where has it gotten us? Now we have a real, this one's the big, I keep saying that's the big one. And when it comes to something like climate, but you could say it about immigration or LGBTQ plus or guns or anything like that. At a certain point, I have an impulse inside me that says, stop fucking scolding me. Yeah, it's a big problem. I'm sorry. I'm doing everything I can down here. Now stop fucking scolding me and telling me how either wrong I am on this channel or how right I am on this channel and making it like it's like it's my fault somehow. Hmm. That's that's a that's what happens. That's Ooh. what happens to me. That's why I've tuned out since about 2010. And for the listener, when this decision came up, so this got leaked a while back. Mm-hmm. And I heard about it and I was like, oh shit. Those kids are going to throw that fucking boulder in the... They're going to throw this giant ball of oil out this window <laughs> in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a bunch of shit. By the time it comes out, it's going to be different. No one's ever going to go back and say, uh, we might have been wrong about that. Maybe we overhyped it. But it turned out not to be. That it wasn't overhyped. But that's what it's done to me. You can tell me that aliens are landing tomorrow and I'll be like... Sure, they are. Here's pictures of the ships. Right, right. It's ha- that's fucking happening. There's news stories about UFOs. Mm-hmm. Pilots of all sorts all around the world are taking video while they're flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're seeing this. And everyone just goes, huh. well, how about that? Well, that's good video. Moving on. wonder what Apple program they used to make that on their laptop. Nobody is shocked that there's UFOs that pilots are seeing. Uh... Tower, uh, no object should be able to move like that over. Uh, copy, TK421. Uh, <laughs> we see it too, and uh, do not engage. Please advise, over. It's just another day at the office now. UFOs, that we should be shitting our fucking pants that people are seeing UFOs, but we're not, because every day is an emergency. Every day our hair is on fire. Every day the world's going to end, because pronouns, because guns, because the environment because kids in cages it's just we're just we're numb we're numb and that trump popularized the phrase fake news but this is why i walked out because i can't just be told that the world's going to end every fucking day and then i just keep getting up every day like well i guess it didn't end i got to go to work uh got to make some choices got to run the play that's what all of this brought about in me, is that. And now we've got a real boulder in the lake. Mm-hmm. I can't decide if I want to go bo- ball of oil out the window, tip of the cap. I'll stick with boulder in the lake. I like boulder it. Those kids yeah. threw that fucking boulder in the lake. Mm-hmm. It's been in front of the cabin for 75. Mm-hmm. Fi- it's been in front of the cabin for 48 years. Mm-hmm. They just picked it up and threw the fucker in there. And it's still making waves. Mm. I am with you. I think it's a media fatigue problem. It's structurally unsustainable what has happened to media. Mm-hmm. The alarming uh, headlines for Johnny Depp getting a pile of shit in his bed oh, good are the God. same level volume as ufos have been seen it's all the same level 12 volume and it is fatiguing yeah i don't watch the news i don't every once in a while i'll get headlines but i can't i can't have like a life and try to keep up with that shit there is some there is some quote that benjamin franklin every he said everything really uh but through meditation, this, and through conversation, that. And through conversation, it was clarity. It all, uh-huh. But it is good for me to kind of parse out a little bit. Like, there is a difference between your media fatigue and 
and whatever issue you may or may not have with the actual science mm. that is driving a lot of the concern mm-hmm. about what's happening to the climate or with the climate, right? Like, it seems to me, I can accept uh, your media fatigue mm-hmm. and your suspicion or just wanting to sort of put a healthy distance at, on so, at some level with, you know, the way everything is presented all the time at max volume. Yes. Like we were saying. Separate from that, though, mm-hmm. is uh, is that if you make an effort to seek out quote-unquote credible sources, mm-hmm. you know, and you're willing to, you know, trust something uh, and consider, you know, it's just a separate issue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, your issue isn't necessarily with the scientific community. His wife is a scientist. I'm fucking recycling, homes. I'm doing everything I can. I'm, I'm doing what I can in the, my own powers. I'm not, like... Driving my pickup and throwing plastic into the lake and just boulders. But you see what I'm saying though. This is your skepticism about it has more to do with the media, the scope of the problem probably than an actual engagement with the evidence that's being presented. You're not you're not taking the scientific community to task, saying you guys are all, you know, off your rocker and don't know what you're looking at through that microscope over there. Or it maybe I don't know. I'm putting words in your mouth. Uh, hard, no, it's it's hard to it's hard to articulate. Uh, I just have the I have this feeling like I'm doing what I can. We were just checking levels, so we shouldn't get too I'm deep. Just doing what I can, man. Back into it before you read what you've written. I crunch ice. my definition of climate deniers. Am I saying that right? Mm. C- climate deniers. That doesn't sound right. My definition denialists. of denialists. Denial. It's not that. Denialators <laughs> is that Dance the, puts the D in denial. My climate denialation is no one's business. I am 10 centimeters denialated right now. Way to bring it back to the vagina. <laughs> uh, I define it more as they think science is bullshit, they just don't think there's anything to the numbers and. Uh, they don't think that there's going to be any impact of what we do, mm. both collectively and individually, on the environment at all. Mm-hmm. You sound like you're more, yeah, there might be an impact. The earth will figure its own shit out. We all do what we can, but ultimately, like, the red flashing light every single day is so fatiguing mm-hmm. that it's not going to inspire you to go out and vote or like mm. climb onto the democratic bus and travel around the country talking about climate change. Yeah. I don't see that as denying science though. And every, well, I'd love to take a pat on the back here, but maybe I do deny it. I don't know. It's, I wonder on how, I don't so, know. Yeah. You need to read your thing, but I do. I wonder my thought about, you know, just the nature of denial is if there's something, the prospect of something that's super fucking unpleasant rather than really live with it or hold it and carry it with you every day. Yeah. And wrestle with it is just say, meh, not a problem. Yeah. It's like, I understand it. I, some of the people in, in our worlds that, um, have health issues or something that it's like glaringly obvious they need to take care of it. Something needs to happen. Like your your leg is swollen and covered mm. in wounds. Maybe get to the doctor mm. and they can deny it up to a certain point. Uh-huh. But then there's a point where it's like, oh, I can't feel my leg and there's oozing, gaping wounds and... um. I have a fever. What is this ailment? This sounds horrible. I'm inventing it, but I'm just saying. It's a, a metaphor for the, the leg <laughs> is the a, climate. It's a, meta, it's a metaphor. 
Yeah. And there comes a point where it's so uncomfortable. It's sort of like our own comfort. As soon as that's disrupted, then we pay attention. Mm-hmm. Except the media has kind of fucked things up because they've already made things uncomfortable. That's and in the interest of if it bleeds, it leads in order to hold people's attention. It's got to be sensationalized to a mm-hmm. degree, which is, you know, and the blurring of news reporting into entertainment and mm-hmm. and all of that is it's a problem. It's definitely a, a problem. problem. But another thought that I have is what's really the difference between me believing just taking the scientist's word for it that we're fucked uh and somebody needs to do something about this urgently but i'm not you know beyond this vote which is questionably meaningful Mm -hmm. at, at best now uh if i'm not you know writing letters to my congressman every week Mm -hmm. or being active or being an activist or an advocate in some way, what really is the difference between my position and a climate position denier? What does either of our opinions fucking matter at all about it? Oh my God, that's so sad. It Well, kind of is. Kind of the human condition. Uh, And what are, you know, how do people in India feel about it? And the other country with a billion people, China, well, how do they feel about it? Uh, we, it's not just, it's not all up to the flag wave in the United States. And I, it's, it would yeah. seem we've taken a number of measures here to clean up our act. Uh, you know, movies in the, in the seventies, you had rivers that are purple and yellow and green and orange and we've kind of turned that shit around we it would seem efforts and have our, been made and our smokestacks have filters on them now and stuff you know like we've we've done stuff here at windmills we've got wind power yeah. it's just nothing is enough Solar. and it's not happening fast enough and it's hopeless go on Chris. Although, and okay we are in a bubble stop a little bit scolding me news all right yeah that's where, oh, and we're back to that. You know, the it's fact like, that you take that personally is interesting. That's a difference. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I I feel the fatigue, mm-hmm. but generally, I guess maybe the nature of what I'm listening to, like NPR, let's say, uh, if I'm checking in with the news, it it feels like there's a they're not a completely unbiased news source. We know that they reach out to the Republicans and a lot of times and they'll have Republicans on, but a lot of times Republicans are like, yeah, no thanks, NPR. We know what you're about. Yeah, we Uh, know we're the villain here. Yeah. We know at the end of the story before the music, (laughs) it's going to be us. But it's again. (laughs) But it's a perspective, I guess, that I share enough that I don't feel like I'm being browbeaten. So who's scolding you? Like, who's the news source? Oh, geez, I don't know. In general, I suppose. Uh, Just for fun. Leo flying around in his private jet. Fucking Leo. Telling me I need to use less fossil fuel. Fuck. And to finish where that started, got leaked, heard the hype, who leaked it, all this stuff. Uh, the When it actually happened on a Friday, I jump on the pod thread and go, you guys see this? Did this happen today? Like, is that real? Or something to the, like that. <laughs> but what I do remember saying is, what was the case that brought this about? Mm. And off and off we go. I Googled it and started reading. And uh, like, holy shit, there was a specific case. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen someone write so many notes in so short a time as our very own pod mother. I've taken up two lines. Nath, your paper is fucking blank. <laughs> Chris, well, like, Chris has like a page and a half of notes. That's like already. my mind. Take it away, Chris. <laughs> so that might have been a good run-up. That's some good runway there. Mm. Uh, and I don't think we can avoid this much longer. I think it's time to go in. Mm. Okay, I've already warned you. It goes all over the place. I'm angry. I'm sentimental. I'm uh, there's memories. So just. I think it's 15 minutes. I think anyone who's paying attention and even as a denier yeah. 
who's denialating <laughs> is feeling the same way. The thoughts are going in a million directions. Okay, a yeah. miles an hour. We should talk about that for a second. This was a huge decision, the Roe v. Wade overturning. Massive. Dobbs. Even if you're not consciously processing it, mm-hmm. the airwaves, in at least in Madison, mm-hmm. things are bubbling and... There's anger, rage, outrage, fear. I don't think you can get an abortion in Wisconsin right now. Whoa. Legally. Have you been like up to the square or anything? No. Are people protesting? Are people like camping? And No. But you guys have heard all these trigger laws. Yes. If Roe versus Wade was overturned, states were ready. They had laws waiting. As soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned, the states flipped their yes. laws on without googling your south dakotas your idahos your wyoming's your some of your southern states i don't know the states and i feel fairly confident that that's true in wisconsin but we had the trigger thing i'm gonna look it up just because it, it's right. probably important enough to look it up quick might as well more states than i thought mm-hmm. like i'm under the impression that we live in a country where most individuals are in favor of abortion, which I think is true, but for some reason, at almost half the states are not hmm. government-wise. Um, out-of-state abortion providers prepare to help Wisconsin patients mm-hmm. after Supreme Court overturns Roe. Mm. Clinics in Illinois and Minnesota get ready for influx of out-of-state patients. Hmm. With abortions no longer taking place in Wisconsin, providers in neighboring states are preparing for an influx of out-of-state patients seeking abortion care after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Wisconsin, 173-year-old abortion ban is now in effect, making abortions illegal unless the procedure is necessary to save a patient's life. Hmm. Abortion remains legal in Illinois and Minnesota, while the procedure is still legal in Michigan, where it will stand there in the coming months is uncertain. Yeah, that's pretty fucking sad. Feels like essay time. Yeah. But I did want to get clarity on that. Yes. Thank you for being Because what's going on in our state? Right. And how it changed so quickly, like literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am a terrible feminist and will prove it. By starting this essay writing about a man and what he thought. Because like most little girls lucky enough to grow up with a dad around, I first learned to look at the world through a man's eyes. He was a trust attorney and so dealt with definites, hard lines, black and white, and laws, but also was a closet ethics philosopher and taught me to think in terms of gray areas, giving me books like Michael Sandel's Justice for Christmas. What's the right thing to do when competing values throw every choice into the gray area? In the Roe v. Wade overturning, it would seem like that question is at work. Obviously, there are competing values, except one central component of the question is missing. The Supreme Court wasn't really asking, what's the right thing to do? More on that later. An avid rule breaker himself, my dad ditched his law school classes to go to the movies and shoot pool and as a role model was regularly sneaking us into hotel pools parking in handicapped spots gambling before the law allowed for it he showed me that (laughs) he showed me that some laws were more like loose guidelines jaywalk if you want but be a good person be intellectually productive and try to live a decent life which as white middle classers generally we could Cultural compliance and gender role obedience weren't really themes in the equation he laid out for us. He wanted me to obey him, of course, but not for moral or religious reasons, and definitely not because I was a girl, but more because if I was obedient, it meant he could watch the bulls uninterrupted. (laughs) Kids are super inconvenient when you are trying to enjoy a quiet gin and tonic while listening to one game and watching another. My man. (laughs) No. Instead, my female lineage, suburban culture, and my mom's religion taught me that having a vag meant I should be obedient and agreeable above all else. Don't hurt feelings. Include everyone even at great cost to you. Set your own needs to the side. Stay pure. Try to look pretty. Hide your fat. 
smile a lot, repress anger, and serve, serve, serve until you as a person hardly matter at all beyond what you have sacrificed for others. A lot of girls are raised this way, asking not what's the right thing to do, but rather what's the right thing to do for others. And in the process, deny ownership of our own personhood. Thank God for Madonna writhing around on stage with amazing cleavage, but somehow owning it, inspiring Catholic tweens to rethink virginity, be a sex symbol, but on your own terms, be feminine, but also tough, maybe challenge middle school dress codes and make your own rules. She gave us a hint of what it looked like to break some traditions, even though Every song she sang was about her feelings for boys. In my house, we didn't have cable TV, which meant no MTV, no Madonna, no Thriller, no David Bowie, androgyny. It was my girlfriends who introduced me to Boy George, Prince, and Duran Duran. One of my girlfriends had an abortion before leaving high school. She loved her boyfriend so much, but they didn't want to try and raise a baby at age 17. I was a virgin and still wasn't quite sure if sex before marriage was a sin, like my mom taught me, or fun, like Madonna implied it was. As my friend detailed what sounded like a horrific procedure, she wasn't making a great case for sex before marriage. If sex before marriage really was reason to repent, abortion sounded like punishment enough. As I got older, my dad and I disagreed consistently. He focused on how I should think about things. I focused on how I felt about things. He was wrong a lot, but presented every opinion as if it weren't an opinion, which is a super male thing to do. Drove me crazy. Doctors and priests sometimes talk this way. And it's not until later that you find out that what was presented as fact actually was just an opinion and was in no way absolute and final. In a strange and twisted gift, the annoying masculine, I'm right, tone had the effect of improving my own clarity. I couldn't locate what I really thought about things until I could feel clearly what was wrong with how he saw things. Then I had something to push against. One glaring example is that my dad didn't believe in gay marriage. He did not think it should be on the law books because it could potentially open the door to outrageously deviant scenarios. As an atheist and someone who delighted in ridiculing religion, Sin did not come into his picture of gay marriage, so it wasn't about that. I'm not sure who he was lunching with and what sci-fi outcomes they were brainstorming, but he did mention to me once that if the definition of marriage extended beyond male human and female human, that people would interpret that as a green light to start marrying their pets. What a slippery slope. (laughs) That's true, also. He did say that. This is how people who make laws think. Of course, this is insulting to all gay people and all people in general, but this wasn't a moral code. This was law creation. Insults don't matter to someone who thinks in terms of absolutes and precedents. His job was to find the slippery slopes and prevent anyone from walking near them, which changes the question of what's the right thing to do into what's the best framework to prevent the worst and craziest people from fucking things up for everybody. In the arena of law, you often think about what could possibly be misinterpreted in the long term. It's part of why he and I disagreed so acutely. My heart was in truth and morality. His was in caution and practicality. But this is why overturning Roe v. Wade goes well beyond criminal and into just gross. The conservatives weren't asking what's the right thing to do, like wise justices ideally should, and they also weren't asking what's the best framework to prevent the worst and craziest people from fucking things up for everybody, like any justices must do. Because what doesn't work is making abortions difficult and illegal. Good luck trying to get people to stop accidentally getting pregnant. Sex is so fun. It's the best. Madonna was right. Abortions have happened forever and they will happen forever. Laws Don't uphold justice in every case. They're not always meant to. They try to break down complex moral and philosophical dilemmas into tidy categories to form a functional framework for us to operate within. Our American assumption about our system is that those who need protection will get it, which sometimes happens, but sometimes doesn't. 
The legal system is a place for overcooked noodle arrows to take aim at some squishy version of almost justice. In this jello-y bullseye, ideally those in the right at least have a chance of proving they are in the right, and good people might get rewarded for their goodness at least some of the time. The fact that the justices were not carrying out their moral, ethical, practical, or functional duties is a fucking major glitch that was not necessarily anticipated by the structural framework the Supreme Court was born from. The founders were working under the assumption that the appointees would have a strong moral and ethical compass, able to navigate gray areas with wisdom, do the most good for the most people, listen well, represent the underserved, and balance things out. But these structures and ideas were put in place by people who were cool with slavery and with women being property. When life expectancy was around 40 years old, when girls were brides and pregnant in their teens, and native girls were stolen and swapped like fucking Pokemon cards. Denying ownership of personhood was the norm. It wasn't something we were taught and forced to do. Excuse me. Denying ownership of personhood was the norm. It was something we were taught and forced to do. Then we accepted it and did it ourselves compliantly for centuries. Then we got wise and fought really fucking hard to change minds, rules, laws, practices, language, cultures, family patterns, and our own thinking about what belongs to us and what does not. In other words, we evolved, and the government apparently did not evolve with us. Remember when Putin outraged the entire world by thinking he could take something that didn't belong to him? People said he had a vision of how Russia used to be, and he wanted to restore it to its former state. They said he was crazy and stepping way over the lines of our collective humanitarian baseline. The entire developed world band together to say, you can't claim ownership over something that's not yours to begin with. It's called stealing, and it's criminal, and people will die because of your effort to do so. You can't claim ownership over something that's not yours to begin with. Certainly, you'd think the court system would understand that very basic sentence, but denying women their already existing and factual ownership of their own person and their own life is stealing. It's criminal, and people will die because of the court's effort to do so. Those are facts. What will happen on the ground is that morning after pills will get big, nonprofit education efforts will ramp up, big pharma will start producing abortion pills so they're not losing money to mail order, and women and progressives will get pissed and productive. The difference between women getting pissed 100 years ago and women getting pissed now is that the stakes are different and the delivery of their productivity is different. The stakes 100 years ago were that women had no right to vote, no right to property, no right to choose their profession, no right to their name, no right to decent income, no right to stand up against injustice, and no central hub of global communication to organize efficiently and quickly. Things have improved on many fronts. It's true we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us, And the women who came before us and the men who supported them built some powerful fucking scaffolding for us to build a different kind of infrastructure. On the surface, the federal government confirming the right for women to get abortions years ago was fantastic, and its overturning is a depressing disaster. Conservatives are pushing the decisions into states' hands. The justice system has managed to disappoint and outrage the majority of the country in service to what seems like a transparent political agenda. Right to life is a terrible and hilarious phrase that includes the steamrolling of women actually within the phrasing, right to life. No, 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 not your life, women. The cluster of cells you're belly packing for the next 10 months. It quite literally gaslights women's experience in a few words. This phrase is an anthem celebrating the thing only women are capable of doing, valuing the actual superpower more than the hero who has the superpower. Essentially, giving Superman's flight ability rights beyond Superman. The right to fly movement. Shut up, Clark. We don't care if your arms are tired. (laughs) Can I start a sperm movement if I want to end birth control? Right to swim? Right to jizz? Can we write semen and eggs into the Constitution as having more rights than the sentient beings that produce and carry them? Ultimately, the government doesn't get to choose, even if they think they do. Women have always found a way. We'll get shit done anyways. And eventually, we'll come for their jobs, and there won't be apologies or manners involved. The idea that all the people at the highest levels of government are actively pressing for the good of all with their moral compasses intact is just that. 
an idea. In truth, they're each working to reinterpret and shape the law in the ways that serve their political party best. One of those parties cares about equality and the other doesn't. Each party has different aims and different compasses. There's no greater good because each party defines good differently. The importance of the aims of each political group has surpassed the aims of collective human progress. That's a big problem. Most of us can see it, but what the fuck do we do about it? I know that there are cries that the conservatives are evil and that it's bonkers that a black man married to a white woman can stand as a benefactor of centuries of equal rights activists and proudly threaten gay rights, birth control, and scare the shit out of the majority of Americans. While most of us dream of drinking Mai Tais with Snoop, Clarence is dreaming up some version of childhood reality where kids named Clarence don't get kicked in the shin on the playground and instead get asked to the Sadie Hawkins dance. We know that didn't happen because poor Clarence is so, so very angry at women and so desperately needs to be seen as the big man. If we could take one second to stop stepping on each other's necks and instead see the giant fucking spotlight aimed at the structure that allowed this to happen, I think we can agree that the way the Supreme Court appointments are set up and the current lifetime of service is a grade, grade A terrible. Any situation that results in a group saying, yay, we won, and then 40 years later, the other group saying, yay, we won, is a sign that things are now a competition rather than a tool to enhance the quality of life in a still-developing country. We're all still developing. With abortion debate, there's obviously competing values and philosophies. There's what's practical, what's ethical. Women's lives are at risk. Religious political agendas at play. But for those conservative justices, the bulls are playing. And if we could all just shut up for a few decades, their gin and tonics could use a little more ice. My dad died 11 years ago, but a funny thing happens when an extreme legal or ethical dilemma presents itself in my life. I wonder what he would have thought, if only to get clarity on how I would have disagreed with it. He likely would have said, it's not a bad thing if states are in charge. They seem to be handling the end of marijuana prohibition pretty well. My first response to Roe v. Wade being overturned was a shrug. It was predictable. Trump had been voted into office, for God's sake, and when someone who says you can grab them by their pussies gets elected, are we really surprised that women's equality has come into jeopardy? Where did we think this was going? Thanks to my dad, I'm also thinking about people marrying pets. If they're able to overturn a critical protection, one that we had grown comfortable thinking was a federal protection, maybe this sets a precedent for other comfy federal protections to be released from federal oversight, like, say, the right to own guns. I also remember the Zen story I use, or the Zen story I used to read my kids. A farmer's working horse has run off, and his neighbors call it terrible luck. Was it bad luck? Maybe. The horse returns days later with a herd of horses, which seems like such amazing luck. Was it great luck? Maybe. While taming one of the horses, the far farmer's son falls and breaks his leg. Seems like a tragedy until soon afterward a draft is announced and the son's broken leg excuses him from duty. Are things disastrous? Maybe. Could there be some unexpected beneficial turn on the horizon? Maybe. Should we be devastated and outraged by the Supreme Court? Yes. Is it a bad thing when looking at the long game? Maybe. The end! Holy shit. Nicely done. That... That read fantastically. That okay. wasn't a bunch of loose ends or Not anything of the sort. Not too bad all over. And I, I have to say, there was so much that I left out. I, I had, bet. I, I had bet like a, I had like bullet points of ideas. One of the best one is just let toddlers loose in the Supreme Court justice, like in their mm -hmm. back office, wherever they try to make decisions. Just let them poop. Just everywhere. let them, let them loose. Yeah, maybe leave them a few diapers, but. <laughs> Like that's it. So Maybe totally some poop. goldfish crackers. That's it. And like lock them in for like four hours. And when they're well, trying to have a conversation, tugging on their rope, Clarence, Clarence, <laughs> Clarence. Okay. Before, before we get uh, too serious, before we get too deep, a couple things. Uh, the award for best metaphor, the partially cooked noodle arrows <laughs> going into the what? The jello something. It was like jello-y. That's good bullseye. writing. <laughs> the, the partially cooked noodle arrows got me. 
Totally got me. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, my first exposure to Madonna mm. was uh, on a Saturday morning at about 11 on American Bandstand. Mm. And Dick Clark. Yeah. Dick Clark. Probably blushing. Introduced her. And it was, looking back in my memory, it was probably the clumsiest, worst organized, lip-synced production you've ever seen. (laughs) But my brother and I were not breathing (laughs) or blinking. We were completely wrapped by that. And it was uh, like a bad high school lip sync thing, you know, at your school. She was captivating. It was, we were Mm -hmm. frozen and we're like, is mom in there? Like mom's ironing. Okay. (laughs) If she puts it down, like we got to turn the channel because we were watching on a little black and white TV in the living room, not in the kitchen dining room where the black and white. Yeah, man. The fifties born in the seventies homes. (laughs) Okay. We had a black and white TV. Our second TV was a black and white TV. Our main one was a color TV. Just probably the most amazing thing you'd ever seen. Uh, Indescribable. It was like porn. It was like watching porn on American Bandstand. Yeah. And now it's pretty tame, of course. But uh, yeah. I remember that, too. I I used to go to my friend Lisa Grassi's house. They had cable and they had MTV and we watched MTV as it began. Was it a color television? Yeah. Okay. And although they still had an eight track cassette. Um, player so they had like old a track of like Elvis and stuff but then they also had MTV and I remember her videos so fucking distinctly and she was like the most beautiful person I had ever seen in my life Mm -hmm. I didn't really understand what sexy meant Mm -hmm. at that time right 83 I'm 10 yeah, but it was still was like there was something so like you just want like a mermaid. It was you want to just touch it. I don't know what it was. You want to be yeah. that. You want to have it. She had so much hairspray in her hair and so much eyeliner on, but she was dancing. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. she. Uh, there's no words. I've never seen anything like it ever. I I'm with you, Madonna even for though president. I wasn't like. Um, attracted to her like oh i want to make like a boy would be no 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 not quite but it was still that there's like an attraction Mm -hmm. of like i want that whatever it is that she has and there was every single song that she wrote was about boys though Mm -hmm. that's the funny thing you know the litmus test for movies of like if only men are speaking or if the dialogue that women have are only about men that that's considered not you've never heard of this i'll look it up uh, when we take a break was there a supreme court decision this week (laughs) we're we're coming back to it we're coming back even though she was hyper focused on men as the subject of what she sang about her persona was hyper feminine like a feminist and so it was the first like a female female impersonator it was like the first time i understood you can She, she was like a female drag queen almost you can, she was a cartoon of a woman. You can own in your sluttiness mm-hmm. in a way that makes you a feminist. Right. That, it was oh, like geez. the first time I really understood, like, oh, my God. This is a different pod starting right now. This is like posing for Playboy is the ultimate like feminist thing. Like, I'm showing my power or something. It was like, I'm thinking of a line from one of her later albums. That's what she, guys are thinking, too. Where she says, I'm not, a, I'm not a businesswoman. I'm a businesswoman. Ooh. Madonna said that later in her career, and it's been interesting to see her age and go through divorces and mature out of just true blue baby, I love you. Uh, but she, you know. interesting, speaking of Playboy, too, just real quick, and then you can dive in. I was listening to Pod about the Roe v. Wade stuff, about women's rights, about. You don't say. Whatever I could find easily. With one hand while I'm driving through Michigan. And uh, where abortion is still legal. Yeah. And um, Dan's abortion caravan is launching next weekend. So (laughs) 16 seater. Um, The Playboy organization 
when the first woman in Florida, the first woman in the United States was prosecuted uh, for manslaughter for getting an abortion in Florida, Playboy sent one of their high-end, well-paid lawyers to go try and represent her. Wow. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was fabulous of Playboy to do. Also didn't know that a woman was prosecuted in Florida for manslaughter and found guilty for having an abortion. In 1976. Don't know. Wild guess. I don't know the year. Half, but Hef still had his natural hair color. Applause to Playboy, though. Good for them hmm. for recognizing that. Didn't expect to hear that tonight. Women's rights mattered. Hmm. Abortion rights were important for their business, too. The horny business. Mm-hmm. The horny business. <laughs> well, it's it's in, that's an interesting crossover. People have sex. It's not going to stop. That the president of Horny Incorporated was... <laughs> horny Incorporated! Please pardon me while I play as a fly enthusiasm aimed at your indifference Scan the floor for one tap and do a bobbin here Every signal coming back on the same map for Rick frequency wavelength. How's the reception connection? Don't flip the dial, let's get performance. Here's commercial free. Here's commercial free. Only thing for sale up here is me and my seat. Feel free to catch up on all times at the top of your lungs. Got a mic and I can turn it up, but I can't turn you down. Got a mic, but I need a new remote. I point and click, point click, flip around, fold it more. Appreciation from the crowd participation. Would it be too much entirely to expect a little respect? Would it be too much entirely? What if what to say is true? Less is more. More is what I'm telling you. 